0: Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Monday, December 18th, 2017, broadcasting from the Beantown Athletics Studio, Beantown Athletics, Boston's go-to destination for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownathletics.com. Today's show is presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using my promo code PIC. That's P-I-C. And with football season in full swing, it begs the question, how is your fantasy football team doing? Uh, Maybe you're like me. You're in the semifinals. Looking to get to the finals in week 16 or maybe you're not like me and maybe you didn't even make the fantasy football playoffs. Well, the good news is it's not too late to forget about your terrible fantasy football season and get back in the winning column with DraftKings one week fantasy football. The best part about it is you get to draft a new team every week without any commitment whatsoever. So get to DraftKings.com right now and use my promo code PIC, that's P-I-C to play for free with your first deposit. DraftKings.com. Today's show is also presented by Adam's Fish Market in Dorchester. Try them once and you'll be hooked. Don't let the cold weather get you down. Head into Adam's Fish Market right now and treat yourself to an amazing seafood dinner at the absolute best price you'll find anywhere in Boston. Adam's Fish Market is always fresh and always delicious, and it has been for over 70 years. Go to their website, AdamsFishMarket.com. Right now, that's AdamsFishMarket.com to check out their entire menu. And when you do stop by on Adams Street in Dorchester, make sure you tell John and George that I sent you Adams Fish Market. Try them once and you'll be hooked. Welcome to the show on this Monday, December 18th. As week 15 concludes with the Atlanta Falcons in Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers on Monday night football, the Falcons on the road in Tampa Bay are a six and a half point favorite. But uh, what a Sunday we had, not just in the NFL, but uh, well, me personally, I'm feeling it a little today. I'm feeling it a little bit. And, And what I mean by that is I had a long day yesterday. All right? Got a lot of football and of course we're also here in Boston, we're also emotionally invested in the Patriots Steelers game, which was essentially a preview of the AFC Championship and was essentially a playoff game because the number 1 seed in the AFC, home field advantage in the in that AFC Championship game, it was up for grabs basically yesterday in Pittsburgh with the Patriots taking on the Steelers, the Patriots win the game. I'll get to that in just a minute. But was so emotionally invested in that game. uh, But that wasn't it for me. I, I didn't just have football yesterday on Sunday. I also had WWE. We made the decision. Late in the Patriots-Steelers game yesterday, that we were going to make our way after the game into the TD Garden for the WWE event, which was Clash of Champions. It's a pay-per-view. I mean, if you have the WWE Network now, there aren't really any pay-per-views, but you get what I mean. You know, the Sunday night, the big event, it's only matches, there's not much in-ring microphone activity, you know, there's no real promos at these events. Title matches, titles are up for grabs. It's a pay-per-view event. It was a big one uh, at the TD Garden. And late in this Patriots-Steelers game, we made the decision to actually make our way in and go to this event. But we wanted to make sure the Patriots game needed to be over because obviously that's number one. That's the top priority. The Patriots-Steelers was the top priority. But after that game was finished, we went into the TD Garden. We went to the event. Uh, it It was a good show. It was a good show. I wish that... I wish there wasn't a brand split. Like, I wish they didn't have the Raw roster and then the SmackDown roster. Like, I wish it was all one roster because we didn't get to see Brock Lesnar. We didn't get to see The Shield. I'm sure there were a couple other guys that we didn't really get to see. There was no sign of Triple H around. Um, And there's some other guys there. Braun Strowman, you don't get to see those guys. We saw the SmackDown roster, which was AJ Styles, who was my dude, by the way. And that's, you know, I was happy to see AJ Styles successfully defend the WWE championship against Jinder Mahal. So AJ Styles is still the WWE champion. Who we get to see? We all Shinsuke Nakamura. He's got the best entrance in all the WWE. So it was great to see Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, but, you know, the one thing I was upset with is that, you know, we ended up going in a little late because we obviously wanted to watch the end of the Patriots-Steelers game, and so the first match that they had, or at least one of the early matches that they had, was the Dolph Ziggler, Bobby Roode, and who's the other guy, Corbin, Baron Corbin? the triple threat match for the U.S. title, they had that match early on right away, and so we we missed Bobby Roode's glorious entrance. That, if Shinsuke Nakamura's entrance is the best, Bobby Roode's might be the second best in all of the WWE, their entrances. So we were a little pissed off that we missed Bobby Roode's entrance, but we ended up getting in there. We saw Shinsuke Nakamura, and I watched AJ Styles retain the WWE championship, and uh, it was a fun night, but, Again, I'm I'm paying for it today. You know, I'm a little tired today, little little groggy. I need to wake my ass up, and I guess the one thing that wakes my ass up is a little bit of breaking news that we have right now. And and I guess the good thing about this, if there's if there's anything good about this breaking news, it's that I am here to actually react to it. So the good thing is uh, I didn't record early today. I didn't record too early today on this. Monday, December 18th. We waited a little bit here in the late afternoon. And so the good news is I'm here to actually react to this breaking news that is literally just coming out as we're recording this show. And it it does wake me up So maybe that's another good thing. I'm not as groggy now that I, I see this news. But the breaking news is that the Boston Red Sox have signed, uh, should I say re-signed Mitch Moreland to a two-year contract worth 13 mil forget about the money for a minute, okay? All you need to know is that the Red Sox are bringing back Mitch Morland. And they're bringing him back on a two-year contract, which means that they're looking for Mitch Morland to be their first baseman for the next two years. Or if you don't even want to get into two years down the road, let's just talk about the 2018 Major League Baseball season. The Boston Red Sox, with so many options out there, they could go sign Eric Hosmer, they could... You know, do some things that I talked about last week, which was maybe move Devis to first base, go trade for a third baseman like a Josh Donaldson, maybe even entertain the idea of having Hanley play some first, bring in somebody who could be a, a designated hitter. You have options out there. Instead of utilizing any of these options, here's what the Red Sox have done. And again, this is breaking news on this Monday, December 18th. As I'm recording this show right now, it's just rolling in. The Red Sox have re-signed Mitch Moreland, and they've given him a two-year contract. The reports have it at 13 million. I mean, forget about the money. The idea that they are gonna look around and see what's being done in their own division by the New York Yankees and respond with Mitch Moreland to me is an it's an embarrassing move. It is. This is embarrassing right now, and I don't think. I don't think this is the right move if you're the Red Sox. Now, could they still do some other things? Of course. If if the only way that I will sit here and tell you, okay, I understand bringing back Mitch Morland. Okay, I understand this mindset of putting Mitch Morland and using him as your first baseman for the next two years at a very discounted rate. The only way I can tell you that this is a good move is if There's a corresponding move. And if that corresponding move is, all right, we needed to save money on our first-base position because we're going to bring somebody else in who makes a lot of money. Is it signing J.D. Martinez to a monster contract? Or is it, which this would still be my priority at this point. Now, I think I've told you many times that I was leading the charge, just sign Eric Cosma. I would prefer to give the money to Hosmer. You don't have to subtract anything. And I do think he's much better than Mitch Mullen. Some people out there trying to tell me that, well, for the money that, that Hosmer's going to be making, he's not that much better than Mitch Mullen. That's what some people have tried to tell me, and I think they're fucking nuts. I I, I just don't... Look, one is 28. Eric is 28. The other's 32. Mitch Mullen's 32. Okay, so there's a four-year difference there. And... I think that needs to be taken into account when you do want to talk about money and the contract and the size of the contract. But also, Hosma, World Series ring has played in two World Series, and um, you know everything that I see from him, the you know a hundred RBIs, twenty-five home runs. Look, he's not a Giancarlo Stanton home run hitter. He's not going to hit for that type of power. But I think you look at Eric Hosma being twenty-eight years old and. The money that I think he, he's going to get in a league that dishes a lot of money out, I think is going to be deserving. So I told you, I was leading the charge in the Eric Cosmit thing. Sign Eric Cosmet. They are not going to do that. They're bringing back Mitch Morland. This surprises me. I think it's going to surprise a lot of people in this town. I did not see them going back to Mitch Morland. I just thought he was gone. The only way I can tell you this is a good move if there's a, is if there's a corresponding move, which means they're spending money somewhere else is if they say, we're not going to spend our money on first base because we're spending it somewhere else. But if now there is going to be another move, here's where I would tell you. I'm going to go back to what I told you Thursday and what I just mentioned a few moments ago. The idea that you could possibly talk Toronto into trading, into into giving you Josh Donaldson, trading you Josh Donaldson, sending a couple prospects to the Blue Jays for, for Josh Donaldson. Now, you'd have to get a window where you'd agree to a contract extension with Donaldson, and he's going to want some pretty big money. Maybe that's where you want to spend the money. Now, you could say, well, where's Donaldson going to play? Can he play third base? Not right now. you got Rafael Devers, But maybe then you get to a point where you're going to move Hanley Ramirez. And maybe they do say, we're going to eat some of Hanley's contract. We're going to get rid of Hanley. We're going to move Devers, make him our DH. Or maybe they're going to make Donaldson the DH. Or maybe Devers and Donaldson will split between DH and third base. I'm thinking outside the box here, okay? But I'm thinking as somebody that's looking at a Mitch Morland sign and going, this is not good unless you're going to go out and make another move. Now, I would prefer to get a little more creative and try to figure out a way to land someone like Josh Donaldson, who I think is going to be available in a trade. You know, teams have approached Toronto. The question would be, is Toronto going to trade him within the division? And a lot of people would say, well, probably not. But at the same time, we're talking about Manny Machado maybe getting moved to the Yankees. So if Baltimore is going to consider it, why wouldn't Toronto... And, and maybe they just say, hey, we'll let you two teams, the Red Sox and the Yankees, battle it out the next couple of years, and we might as well. We know we're not going gonna to win the division. So we might as well take what we can get when it comes to prospects right now. I, look, I don't know. What I'm trying to tell you is Mitch Morland, if, they, if the Red Sox go into next season and they're looking at basically the same team and Mitch Morland is part of that and Mitch Moreland is their move bringing him back to play first base Then I'll tell you it's a bad offseason. I'll tell you it's a very bad offseason. I'll tell you it's a failure of an offseason. And I am not somebody that has sat here and told you that Dombrowski needs to make the blockbuster, but for crying out loud, it's got to be something bigger than Mitch Morland, doesn't it? It's got to be something bigger than Mitch Morland. You can't tell me that you watch the Yankees do what they've done, all right? And you cannot respond by saying, hey, we're going to bring Mitch Moreland back on a two-year contract. To me, the only reason you do this is if you have another move in store. If you are ready to pull the trigger on either a blockbuster trade for a guy that, you know, you're going to end up signing to an extension for big money, or you're maybe just going to sign someone like J.D. Martinez. Something like that has to happen. Mitch moreland That's the move right now? It doesn't make me happy, but until, let's, I guess, before we actually crush the Red Sox on this, let's see what else they're going to do. They have to do something. There has to be something else. There has to be a reason they said, we're going to go with the discount at first base. Why do you go with the discount at first base? The only reason you should be doing that is if maybe you're going to spend big money somewhere else this offseason, and you're getting ready to do it in the next couple days or the next couple weeks. So let's wait and see. But that's breaking news. That's rolling in here as I'm recording this show. And my reaction to it is. I don't like it. But before I go all in on crushing the Red Sox. Let's see what else they have. Up their sleeves. Because there's got to be something else. They cannot go into 2018. And sell us on. "Oh, We're bringing Mitch Marlin back. Sorry. It just, it's got to be better than that. It's got to be better than that. So knowing that it's got to be better than that, I'm going to give them some time, and I'm going to wait and see what they have in store that looks to be better than that. But uh, I, I'm surprised that that's the route they're going. I really am. I thought it was either Hosmer at first base, or you know they were going to make some type of move to make a trade for someone, or if they were going to sign somebody at that position, it wasn't going to be Mitch Morland. It would be somebody new. Or maybe somebody even in-house in the organization that they already have to play that position. Maybe. Mitch Moreland. <laughs> again, give him, I'm going to give him time. I'm going to give him some time. I, t- I was teasing on Twitter. I just tweeted. It said, blocked. I quoted the Red Sox tweet. In all caps, I put, blocked. Don't want to be reading that right now on a Monday. Because, you know, fe- I'm feeling good. Yeah, other than the grogginess. I mean, we're feeling good about why am I groggy? Because it was a long day yesterday. A lot of football and then obviously, you know, enjoyed my time at the TD Garden watching WWE Clash of Champions. But, you know, ultimately today I roll into the studio, I roll into the show grogginess and all, feeling great about the New England Patriots. They beat the Steelers yesterday on Sunday. They're the number 1 seed in the AFC. It was a controversial game, of course, because you got the Jesse James touchdown at the end that was uh, initially ruled the touchdown, right? And then it was overturned, saying it was an incomplete pass because as he came to the ground with the football in his hands, he could not keep control of the football. So the Patriots win. There's controversy. There's people bitching. There's a major injury. Antonio Brown leaves the game with a major injury. And uh, on top of it all, there was a legendary drive from Tom Brady to Rob Gronkowski. That was a legendary drive in the final two minutes of that game to drive down and score a touchdown and then get the two-point conversion to go up three points, to go up 27 to 24. That was a wild game. The rain was coming down. It was cold in Pittsburgh. Patriots are on the road. And, uh, you know, Brady wasn't perfect. He only threw one touchdown pass in this game. My DraftKings got to have him play that I told you on Thursday for week 15 was Tom Brady because he usually lights up the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's what the history is. He didn't really light him up. Would he get you 17 points? It's not terrible, but it's not great. The millionaire winner on DraftKings had Cam Newton, who ended up getting, I think, 31 points, maybe, maybe 33, 34 points. He had 30 plus points. So a lot of the people who won the big money on DraftKings, a lot of them had Cam Newton. Uh, so if you didn't win money with Tom Brady, I apologize for that. But with regards to my other picks, I, I'm still rolling. Picks, picks. I'm still rolling. 3-0-2 in Week 15. Three wins. No losses. Two pushes. Some people try to tell me that a push is a loss. And I say, well, if you actually put real money on, on the game and you push, you don't lose your money. So that's not a loss. There's a reason why it's called A push. 'Cause it's not a loss, in my opinion. So I don't count it as one. Three oh and two. I got three games right. I didn't get any games wrong, but I pushed two games. I'll get into those in just a minute. But let's open up with the Patriots here. And and what happened on Sunday in Pittsburgh. With this win, you get the number one seed in the AFC. You have an eleven and three record. It's the same record as Pittsburgh. But the reason this game was so big is because you got to own that head-to-head tiebreaker. you That's the number one tiebreaker going into the NFL playoffs for anything. If you own that head-to-head tiebreaker, guess what? The, you know, that's, that's your key to the number one seed, which means that's the key to home field advantage in the AFC Championship if you think you're going to get there. And I think a lot of us believe the Patriots are going to get there. So now... The Patriots continue to control their own destiny. They'll have two games left in the schedule. They will play the Buffalo Bills this coming Sunday, week 16 on Christmas Eve at 1 o'clock at home. Then they will play the New York Jets in week 17 on New Year's Eve at 1 o'clock at home. So you got the Bills and you got the Jets. The Jets are eliminated from playoff contention. The Bills are still alive, which I guess you could say it doesn't make Sunday's game against the Bills at home—a scary game. But there's some people who are concerned, thinking that the Bills might try to retaliate on Rob Gronkowski. You know the hit that that he threw down a couple weeks ago; they got him suspended a game. I think the good news there is, you know, the Bills are still playing for something. If the playoffs began today, uh, the Bills would be in as the sixth seed at eight and six. So the Bills are still playing for their playoff lives. They're still alive. So they cannot afford to do anything stupid to Gronk. If the game gets out of hand, then I would take Gronk out of the game on Sunday. I would. You can't leave him in a game. If it's a, if it's a blowout, you're beating Buffalo by three scores with six minutes left in the fourth quarter. You cannot keep Gronk in that game. But, you know, we let's get there first. Let's get to that point. You get to that point. That'll be a great thing. But the Patriots, they got the Bills. Then they get the Jets. You control your own destiny. You win those two games. You clinch the number one seed. Doesn't matter what Pittsburgh does moving forward because you have that head-to-head tiebreaker with the win on Sunday And Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's remaining schedule—they uh, They're in Houston on Christmas Day. And then they're at home against Cleveland. I don't see them losing to either of those two teams. So you think even without Antonio Brown, and I don't, as I'm recording this podcast, I still think it's, it's up in the air as to what Antonio Brown's timetable is going to be. You know, I've read some stuff that says he still could come back for a playoff run. We'll see. I think they're going to need to take a couple days to reevaluate that situation. But you know, he gets that leg whipped there in the end zone. That looked ugly. He gets helped off the field. That's a tough loss for the Steelers. Um, But even without Antonio Brown, Pittsburgh should win their next two, but so should the Patriots. And if, Both the Patriots and the Steelers, if they both win out, the Patriots will be the one seed in the AFC. And if the AFC championship is New England and Pittsburgh, that game would be at Gillette Stadium here in New England. So that's why Sunday's game was so damn important. That's why we put so much emphasis on it, uh, because it essentially was a playoff game. I mean, that's as close to the AFC championship in December as you're going to get. That's as close to a conference championship game in the month of December as y'all are going to get in this league. And the Patriots won it. And it's just, I mean, you know, I mentioned all the drama. And, and I guess, you know, Steelers fans are going to argue that the Jesse James catch, non catch, incomplete, whatever you want to call it. They're going to argue that that should be a catch. And, you know, if I take my, my Patriots jersey off for a minute, okay, and you want me to look at that play as a football fan, And you ask me, Danny, what do you want that to be? Do you want that to be a catch? Do you want that to be a touchdown? I'll tell you, yeah, I do want that to be a catch. The football fan in me wants that to be a touchdown. The ball is in his hands when his knee is down on the ground and the ball crosses the goal line. I want that to be a catch. I want that to be a touchdown. I want this to be a league in which that is a touchdown. I do. That said, the rule states that it shouldn't be a touchdown. I think it's a stupid rule. But if we are going by the rules, which that's what we do, you play by the rules. If you're going by the rules, the rule states that was not a catch. And it's funny because when they started to review that play, you're know, you not even thinking. In fact, the mindset for me and and other people that I was watching the game with and, and talking to people today about it, That's the play everybody's talking about. The Jesse James touchdown, overturned, incomplete pass. Um, You know, that moment where you're looking at that going, all right, they're reviewing it because they review every score and play. I'm thinking to myself, my mindset at that point is, okay, you need a touchdown, but you got 28 seconds left and you got two timeouts and Tom Brady's your quarterback. And we just saw a legendary drive right before that. And I'm thinking to myself, that's enough time for the Patriots with two timeouts to get down into their side of the field and make something happen. It is. Honestly, I, I, I just, I felt confident that the Patriots with 28 seconds and two timeouts, I felt co- I felt comfortable and confident that they could still go down and score a game-winning touchdown on the road. I did. That's it. And what does that tell you? I mean, one, it tells us that we're pretty spoiled here in this town with some of the comebacks that the Patriots put together, right? And, and it led to a tweet that I had after the game last night, which was, what are we going to do with our lives here in Boston, here in New England? What are we going to do with our lives when Tom Brady retires? What are we going to do? Because I, I try to stress this all the time, and this is to the Jimmy Garoppolo crowd. And Garoppolo, when he won another game yesterday as a starting quarterback for the 49ers, they beat the Tennessee Titans in dramatic fashion. The Titans are a playoff team. I get it. Uh Garoppolo looks really good and they're calling him a special quarterback a special kid over in San Francisco but even to the Garoppolo crowd I've always tried to stress this which is it's never like what we're seeing with Tom Brady right now and Bill Belichick together it's never gonna be better than this what are we gonna do with our lives when Tom Brady retires I don't know like I literally asked this question to people I'm like should I even watch sports anymore like Should we even watch other teams? Like, it doesn't matter what team, what sport. It's never going to be better than what we've had with the Patriots. It's not. It just isn't. And that mindset plays into my mindset when I'm thinking Jesse James. That's a touchdown. You now need a touchdown. Well, guess what? You get 28 seconds and two timeouts. If anybody's going to do this on the road right now against this Steelers team, it's going to be Tom Brady. It's going to be Rob Gronkowski. It's going to be... Josh McDaniels, Bill Belichick—they're gonna put something together here in the last thirty seconds. That's gonna lead to a magical moment. I, I mean, I, I felt that way. I felt confident like that. I'm spo- we're spoiled. It's a sign that we're spoiled, but it's also a sign that it's never gonna get better than this. And then I'm thinking, like, I like should I? I know the Celtics are an exciting team, but I mean, it, 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 it's should I even like? What does that do for me? The Bruins, holy shit! Who knows what they're gonna look like? I know they got some young talent. McAvoy looks great. They got a couple of the young kids that look good, but I mean, are they ever even going to put it together to win one? Never mind multiple cups and the Red Sox. I mean, I just gave you a rant about them signing Mitch Mullen to a two year deal. So, I mean, like, it's never going to get better than this. What are we going to do when Brady's done? I'm serious. Like, people think I'm joking about this. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not joking about this. To sit there and watch a game and, and know. That even with 28 seconds left, with two timeouts, to know, to feel that the game's not over yet, that's a special feeling that I don't know anybody has ever felt in the history of professional sports. And yet we feel that way with this Patriots team. We feel that way with a Tom Brady-led offense. And I felt that way on Sunday, yesterday, as Jesse James goes into the end zone. They were reviewing it. And I'm like, I'm not thinking it's going to get overturned. And then, you know, people in the room watching it with me, they're like, oh, wait a minute, did he catch it? And I'm like, of course he caught it. And you're watching the replay, and it's like, well, yeah, it looks like he caught it, but what's the rule? The rule says that's not a catch. And if we're playing by the rules, which we do, that should be overturned. And when he comes out and they say, incomplete pass, you, you got new life. But also there was a part of us, and you know, we're all sitting there going, well, now they have time to run another play, run the clock down. Then you don't have 28 seconds to be able to drive. And if they score now, if they score a touchdown now, it's, you know, it's probably over. Guess what happens? Ben Roethlisberger throws into traffic. He tries to force one in. And you get Eric Rowe with a beautiful defensive play all over him. Tips it and Daron Harmon with the interception. And you pick off... Big Ben and you win the game with an interception when all pitch here's what Pittsburgh had to do. Here's what they had to do. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't have tried for a touchdown. They should have tried for a touchdown. There's no question about it. They should have. You get that that 69 yard reception by Smith Schuster. You drive down the field. I mean, all of a sudden, you know, at that point you're like, let's put it, you gotta think, let's put it in the end zone. So I don't have a problem with the mindset. I just have a problem with the decision-making from a play-calling standpoint and even a a quarterback standpoint where I don't know why you would ever try to force that ball in when you have Le'Veon Bell. This is what they should have done. I just think this is a simple strategy. Dump off to Le'Veon Bell. Allow him to try and make some magic for you and try to get it in the end zone. And if you don't, guess what? You kick a field goal and you tie the game. Now you're going to overtime, right? Doesn't that seem like a simple strategy? Instead, Big Ben, you know, the play call, they're trying to put it in with a, a pass into, into traffic over the middle. I mean, how stupid do you have to be? It's just dumb, and that's the rest of the NFL. It is. It's the rest of the NFL. Uh, so ba- the Patriots, the, the Jesse James touchdown gets overturned, and then Big Ben and the Steelers, they make a Stupid decision to try to force one into traffic, and you make the big play. Patriots make the big play. They pick the ball off, and that's the game. And the Patriots win it 27 24, and perhaps lost in all of it is a legendary drive. Brady to Gronk, Brady to Gronk, Brady to Gronk. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. And the result is you clinch the division. You clinch the AFC East once again. Uh, T shirt and hat game is what they call it. And also, if you can now win out, which you should against Buffalo and the Jets, you clinch the number one seed in the AFC because you hold the tiebreaker over Pittsburgh, the head to head tiebreaker. And now you're both 11 and three, but the Pats are the number one seed in the AFC. So, um, you know, it, it, I, I know there's controversy. I know there's people outside of New England who have a lot of complaints. But complain to the league about the rule. You know, don't complain to the officials in that moment who just called it like it was. You know, even anyone, you know, anyone who's watching that replay who overturned that, right? Uh, You know, blame the rule book. Tell the league to get back to the drawing board in the offseason and maybe try to change the rule. We've we've done this, which we don't know what, what a catch is or what a catch isn't. The football fan of me would like to see that be a catch. Uh, the Patriots fan of me is glad that the rule is what it is right now or at least is what it was yesterday on Sunday so that it wasn't a touchdown, Patriots win, and they're the number one seed in the AFC. So uh, that's how the Pats look. Um, You know, they got some guys that are banged up, but I think you saw with Gronkowski back in that offense, it's just a different offense. And even though Tom Brady didn't necessarily light it up, he only had one touchdown pass, that legendary drive in which he leads them down, marches them down. You know, Gronk can be that type of difference maker. So, um, yeah, we got two more games on the regular season schedule. And, and then you get to the playoffs. Patriots, they should win the next two. If you're interested, the Patriots open as a 12-point favorite over Buffalo uh, in week number 16 on Christmas Eve. So, they're a 12-point favorite to open this game. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it gets to 13, 14 by the time it's kickoff on Christmas Eve. But uh, Patriots, 12-point favorite to open against the Bills around the rest of the NFL. Let's get back to my picks real quick because I just want to want to let you know what games I, I got right and what games I pushed on. Again, I went 3-0-2 in Week week 15. Now, last week I went 4-1. The week before that, I went 4-1. The week before that, I went 3-2. I'm on a roll right now. I'm on an absolute roll. So with the 3-0-2 record in Week 15, my record on the season now is 38-33-4. 38 wins, 33 losses, and four pushes. And my three wins in Week 15, I had the Chiefs plus one over the Chargers on Saturday night. That game was in Kansas City. Kansas City wins it. I told you last week that I thought it was insane for the Chiefs at home coming off a win to be an underdog in this game. I thought that was crazy for the Chiefs to be a dog. And I just, I I would take the Chiefs to win the game anyways. Over a Chargers team, you saw it again, Phillip Rivers, he was due to just look like a complete stiff. Phillip Rivers is a stiff. I mean, he just, in, in all the the big moments, the guy chokes. He throws the, you know, the, the pass that has nothing on it, right? He just sort of pushes it out there um the hectic offense that he that he tries to run in the crucial moments I mean he was the charges would do to choke and so when they go on the road in Kansas City with the division on the line and the, the the Chiefs have the bulletin board material you know they're the underdog they're gonna play that card the disrespect card they played it perfectly and they win the game I just the Chiefs were a no-brainer for me. I told that, so I took them plus one, and I covered that game. Then I took Baltimore minus seven in Cleveland over the Browns. Baltimore, they win. The Ravens cover. Now I'll get to I'll, I'll get to Baltimore in the playoff picture in just a few moments. But Baltimore wins, and they cover for me at minus seven. That was another win. And my other win was the Rams plus two and a half in Seattle over the Seahawks, and the Rams whoop the Seahawks. So. I I don't know that I saw them whooping the Seahawks, but I love the Rams as a dog in this game in Seattle. So I took them, and those are my three wins. Kansas City plus one, Baltimore minus seven, and the Rams plus two and a half. My pushes, Tennessee plus two. Some people took them plus two and a half. When I took them, it was plus two, so I can't take credit for a win there. Even though if I did have that half point, it would have been a win. Uh, They lose by two to San Fran, which means it's a push. Titans, two-point dog. And then the Patriots, minus three. Uh, that's a push for me as well with the Patriots' three-point win. So, 3-0-2 in Week 15. And, of course, the playoff picture. We'll start with the AFC. Uh, I just told you, Patriots, the one seed. Pittsburgh, the two seed. Uh, Jacksonville, they clinch a playoff berth with the win over Houston. They win big over the Texans. So, Jacksonville now in the three seed at 10-4. Uh, the teams that are still alive Baltimore the Chargers Oakland and Miami because right now it's New England the one seed Pittsburgh the two seed Jacksonville the three seed at 10 and four Kansas City the four seed at eight and six Tennessee the five seed at eight and six and Buffalo the six seed at eight and six on the outside looking in but still alive Baltimore at eight and six the Chargers at seven and and seven, the Raiders at 6-8, and eight, and the Dolphins at 6-8. and eight. I think you can cross, even though they're mathematically still alive, I think you can cross off Miami. You can cross off Oakland. I don't think they have a shot, which means the five and the six seeds, the wild card spots in the AFC, it's going to come down to Tennessee, Buffalo, Baltimore, and the Chargers. And look, I'm looking at Baltimore's schedule. They are at home against Indy and it's Cincinnati. The Ravens are going to win out. They're going to have 10 wins. That's going to be good enough to get them. That's probably going to be good enough to get them the five seed for crying out loud because Tennessee, they got some tough games at eight and six. The Titans play the Rams and then they play Jacksonville. So those are not easy games. I wouldn't be surprised if the Titans lose out and, and they finish eight and eight, which is not going to be good enough because when I look at Buffalo and the Chargers, Buffalo, they're going to lose to the Patriots, but then they're in Miami to play the Dolphins. Uh, by then, the Dolphins are probably going to be eliminated, and Buffalo could win, could finish with nine wins. That'll be better than Tennessee if Tennessee's 8-8. Eight and eight. And then you got the Chargers, who right now are at 7-7. Seven and seven. They play the Jets. They should beat the Jets, and then they play Oakland. Maybe at that point, Oakland's out. They should beat Oakland. You want my prediction for the AFC? My prediction is that Tennessee loses out, and they're out of the playoff picture, My other prediction is that Baltimore wins out and gets in with 10 wins, and also I think the Chargers, all they have to do is finish with the same record as the Bills, and the Chargers will get that tiebreaker because the Chargers beat the Bills a couple weeks ago. I think my prediction right now through 15 weeks is that Baltimore ends up being the 5-seed, and the Chargers end up winning out being the 6 seed. That's my prediction. I think Baltimore and the LA Chargers get in. Tennessee misses out and Buffalo misses out. And that's my prediction as of right now. Based on the strength of schedule, how these thing, how this thing's going to look moving forward, but um I'll react to it whatever happens. That's my prediction. All my predictions, Baltimore and the Chargers get the two wild card spots and a Tennessee and Buffalo will be out. Even though right now Tennessee and Buffalo are in. They have tough schedules, and I don't know that I see it going their way moving forward when Baltimore and the Chargers, they have winnable schedules. So that's the AFC for you right now in a nutshell with regards to playoff seedings. In the NFC, got a couple clinching scenarios for you. Philadelphia under Nick Foles. Nick Foles throws four touchdown passes, no interceptions. The Eagles look scary for a little bit, but the Eagles beat the Giants. And with that win, Philadelphia now at 12-2, the number one seed in the NFC. Philly clinches a first-round bye with that win. So that's huge. Now, they did not clinch the one seed. They needed Minnesota to lose. But Minnesota won. They beat Cincinnati. And with that win, Minnesota clinches the NFC North. Minnesota's the two seed now at 11-3. and three. And so you got the Rams at 10-4. They're the three seed. The New Orleans Saints, they're 10-4. They're the four seed. Carolina Panthers... They're 10 and 4, they're the five seed. And as I record this show, the Atlanta Falcons, they'll they'll play Monday Night Football. They should beat Tampa Bay. You know, if they don't beat Tampa Bay, then they'd be eight and six, and they'd really be shooting themselves in the foot because the teams that are on the outside looking in in the NFC right now and are still alive, you got Detroit at eight and six. And if you look at Detroit's schedule at Cincinnati and then at home against Green Bay, uh Aaron Rodgers threw three interceptions yesterday and didn't really look his best. Now, Carolina's good, but Green Bay might be eliminated by the time you get to that Week 17 game, Detroit and Green Bay. So Detroit's schedule is favorable, and they're on the outside looking in at 8-6. and six. you get got Seattle on the outside looking in at 8-6, and six, but I, I think what hurts them now is going to be a couple tough losses, that head-to-head tiebreaker. I don't know that Seattle's going to get in um, And you look at Seattle's schedule. In Dallas, Ezekiel Elliott is going to be returning. That's a tough game. Dallas, speaking of them, they're in the outside looking in at 8-6 and six as well. And if you're the Cowboys, here's the good thing. You are still alive, and you got Ezekiel Elliott coming back. You play Seattle. That's a winnable game for you with Ezekiel Elliott. Then you go to Philly. Who knows? Philly might have clinched the number one seed by then. They Philly can clinch the one seed next week. And if that happens... That might be an easy game. Dallas could get in. So, uh, I'm not ruling out the Cowboys. Or even the, or the Lions. I'm going to rule out Green Bay. Green Bay mathematically still alive at 7-7. They they see Aaron Rodgers come back. He throws three picks. They lose to Carolina. A much better Carolina team. Uh, I'm going to say Green Bay's out. I'm going to say Seattle's out too. Just because some of the tiebreakers that they're going to lose out on. And... I know the Rams haven't clinched the division just yet, but I think they're going to. They play at Tennessee. They should win that game. And then they play San Fran. I mean, they should win one of those two. They clinched the division. Uh, uh, the Rams, you don't got to worry about them. I don't think Seattle, if you, if I had to make a prediction on the NFC, I would tell you that, oh, uh, this is tough. This is tough because I'm recording this before Atlanta plays on Monday night. But um if I had to pick right now as to what happens, I'm I'm gonna say Dallas is a shot. I'm gonna say Detroit is a shot, but they all, they need some help. I don't think they're gonna get it. My my prediction right now is that Carolina and Atlanta will be the wild cards. And that what you see from the NFC right now is how it's gonna look when it actually happens. Philly the one seed, Minnesota the two seed, the Rams the three seed, the Saints the four seed, the Panthers the five seed, and the Falcons the the 6th seed. That's the way I think it's going to look in the NFC. But whatever does happen moving forward, I will certainly react to it. Uh, but that's a breakdown of what we had in Week 15 in the NFL. I'll be back on Thursday to make my picks for Week 16. Again, I'm just on a roll. I'm looking to keep this thing going. So join me then. I'll give you another DraftKings Gotta Have him Play of the Week. I know my Tom Brady play wasn't great. Wasn't horrible. Again, it got you 17 points, but it wasn't your moneymaker if you're looking to win a million last week. It wasn't your moneymaker pick. But um, I'll be back making some picks on Thursday. So get this show whenever you want at DannyPicard.com. Also on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, anywhere podcasts are available. Also now on iHeartRadio. Go to the iHeartRadio app. And as you know, part of the Podcast One Network. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, all forms of social media. I'll also keep my eye on the Major League Baseball offseason. And of course, I'll keep my eye on what the Red Sox are going to do after this Mitch Morland signing. Because, like I said, I don't think you make this signing and bring Mitch Morland back at a discounted rate if you're not going to go out and make either a huge signing or make a blockbuster trade that's going to bring in a guy that you're going to give a big contract extension to. Money is going to be spent somewhere. And if you're not going to spend it on your first baseman and you're going to bring Mitch Mullen back at a discounted rate, especially seeing what the Yankees have been doing and what some other teams have been doing, then I just think they must have another move up their sleeve. They must have another trick up their sleeve. What is it going to be? Before I completely crush the Red Sox, I'm going to, I'm going to give Dave Dombrowski the benefit of the doubt here and I'm going to expect another move. If it doesn't come, then I'm going to crush the Red Sox. But uh, Because I didn't think Mitch Mullen would be the move. I'm, I'm surprised by that. But let's give them some time. They still have time to make that corresponding move. And I, I do think they sign Mitch Mullen with the purpose of that corresponding move coming. So keep an eye on it. If it happens, I'll react to it. If it doesn't, I'll react to that as well. Enjoy the rest of your week, everybody. I'm out. Talk to you again on Thursday.